Welcome to Atomic Moms, a modern parenting podcast about the joys and complexities of caring for our children and ourselves. I'm L.A. Noss, and since 2014, we've been celebrating and commiserating with world-class experts, best-selling authors, and moms around the world. Hi, everybody. Ellie here. We are calling Idaho. (laughs) I have (laughs) Jessica Rolf on the line. Jessica, thank you for coming on Atomic Moms. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Okay, so we're going to be talking about early childhood development. We are going to be talking about startups. And I also kind of want to know how she runs her family because she's got three adorable children that she is juggling alongside her businesses. She recently co-founded Love Every, play products designed by child development experts whose mission is to help every parent feel confident that they are giving their baby the best learning experience through play. That sounds really quaint, doesn't it? You know, just imagine Jessica Mm -hmm. with her three adorable children in Idaho. She's got this really sweet business she's launching. But, you know, at the same time, she is an entrepreneurial mogul. If you Google her name, Forbes comes up. I'm sure Jessica's going to kill me now. But she previously (laughs) co-founded the number one organic baby food company, Happy Family. This is not a part of Jessica's bio, but it was acquired for... Um, maybe I won't say it because now I feel awkward. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Is that fair to say? (laughs) (laughs) So awkward. It's so awkward. But I, you know, we shouldn't be so awkward about money, right? Let's just share it. I, this is a tacky podcast, so I'm just going to say it. Her company that she co-founded was acquired for hundreds of millions of dollars. I did a little digging and I also found this. Jessica was awarded the Park Leadership Fellowship, a full tuition merit scholarship to Cornell's MBA program, graduating in 2004. She's a 2013 Henry Crown Fellow of the Aspen Institute and a member of the Aspen Global Leadership Network. So Jessica, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Thank you for letting me share a little bit about you that wasn't in your sweet bio. Because you're basically like a crazy mom boss. Like you're a beast. How did you get to be well, this I'm way? <laughs> I'm blushing and I'm so embarrassed. You've completely embarrassed me. Um, but you know, uh, gosh, the, um, the whole thing of the juggle. I mean, I think that we, you know, I'm driven by this really deep passion. I just love my babies. And I think the first uh, experience with, with happy family was, was so meaningful for me to translate my passion around nutrition and the importance of nutrition early in life to create a, a product and, and a brand that really resonated with, with parents everywhere. You know, we, we, in the beginning, organic baby food was a real niche. It was only 3% of all baby food consumed was organic a little over 10 years ago. And now over 30% of all baby food consumed is organic. So we really feel like there's been, we've tapped into a kind of core desire. And I think that that's what I love so much is kind of translating the science and the aspirations with the realities of parenting and the hard stuff and making products and information and experience that feels like meaningful and helps us, you know, all feel a little elevated because mm-hmm. there's so much about parenting that's so hard and so humbling. Um, it's nice to have some aspirational um, pieces of it too. That's what drives me. Aspirational and hard. Like these are all words that also go with being an entrepreneur. And I was reading about 
the pivot you guys had to make with the baby food pouches that originally you were in the frozen food area. How did you end up deciding to do the pouch? Because now, I mean, this is so ubiquitous. Like you don't see a mom on the playground without one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that we, the the most perfect food is obviously something you would, you know, grow in your own backyard, organic seeds, um, nurture yourself, you know, puree this fresh food for your baby and, um, and feed it to them right in that moment. But it's, you know, it's so hard to, to get there for so many parents. And so our frozen food was, was so beautiful, but it was just, it was in the freezer. Nobody knew it was there. And so we found that, you know, kind of changing that behavior was so hard for, for getting parents to look somewhere else besides the baby aisle for baby food, that the pouch ended up being the perfect packaging for, um, for our um, kind of more pure, uh, wholesome blends of fruits and vegetables and, um, and whole grains. So it, the pouch really kind of made organic mainstream. Um, I think some parents were just really liking to buy like, the convenience of the pouch. Children love to feed themselves. It's so easy as a great snack. And then it also just happened to be organic and, you know, and super nutritious. But I think um, we really credit the pouch for, for kind of bringing us to the, to the mainstream market. With your latest project, you write that you had read a dissertation on baby neuroscience and you kind of geeked out on that. And that's what led you to developing Love Every. I want to geek out with you. What are some uh, fun facts that you learned in your research and development of your new company? Yeah, thank you. I love I love to nerd out. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to do. Um yeah, it sounds it sounds nuts that I discovered this doctoral thesis and that I would actually read it, but it was very uh, practical. So it a lot of the information that we get as parents is really kind of like general or watered down. I found this doctoral thesis to be so specific. It talks about all the different stages that a baby goes through from zero to um, this this particular book went to up to eighteen months. And um, one of the biggest things that I learned is that 80% of the brain mass is developed by age three. And there's just this huge opportunity for us to, to make a difference in our child's learning. Yet, on the other hand, you know, you just see this little lump, right? When they're newborns or when they're, you know, these two-month-olds or these three-month-olds, we just, it's so hard for us as parents to imagine all of the things that are going on in their little minds and what they're learning and what they need to learn. So what I loved about this thesis is it talked about each stage and what's going on specifically for the child's development in that stage, and then how a parent could help. Um, one of the things I love to do is take my babies on house tours. And so we would sort of go in and kind of discover all the places where there's water or turn on and off all the lights in the house or, you know, deconstruct a, um, a, a Q-tip, you know, box of Q-tips. Or um, there, there's so many things that you can do with just their, their natural environment that, um, once you kind of tune into them and feel them that the cap into their hunger for learning and you give them what they're looking for it is so satisfying. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've been so annoyed with my husband lately because he does the light switching game with our daughter who's 14 months. And now she always like, we can't go down the hallway without her having flipping out if she doesn't get to turn the lights on and off 12 Aww. times. I feel like she needs to do a house tour with you, Jessica. <laughs> I would love to take her. <laughs> Let me have her. I would love to do it. So we recently had a wonderful occupational therapist on Jessica Beal. 
and we were talking about sensory processing. And I'm curious, like, what did you learn in the OT department? Yeah, so interesting. So I learned a lot about how the kind of the connection between the mind and then the physical body and language, it's it's all interconnected. So when a baby is learning to roll over or doing tummy time or figuring out something that we think of more as a gross motor milestone, they're actually triggering um, and lighting up parts of their brain that promote language and that promote um, this kind of integration of the whole development. So it's, I found that to be fascinating. Um, there's also a ton of tips that, that I've learned and have kind of, we, we think about it, love every around um, head turning for newborns or um, how to kind of think about um, the kind of the physical body and how do you promote movement in different ways um, through, you know, the, through the kind of like mama OT, from a mama OT perspective. And for our listeners who haven't, they're probably like Googling your website right now, but what do you currently offer? And moms, I'm trying not to make this sound like an infomercial, but I am very excited about this and we can't not talk about the actual products. <laughs> so what do you have right now for mothers, Jessica? Yeah. So I guess from, from my perspective, you know, so I've kind of gone so deep on the science around early child development and I just got really obsessed and so started reading all of the different books and reading publications from child development experts in addition to this uh, this research, this doctoral thesis. And there's so many different, there's the Rye method, there's the Forest School, there's the Waldorf method, there's the um, Montessori, there's all these kind of different aspects of, and authorities around child development. And so what I wanted as a parent is I wanted to kind of the best of, right? I wanted to kind of pull all the resources together and think about how could I create an experience that was meaningful for my baby right at the stage that they are in right now. And so at Love Every, we've created the stage-based learning program that's every other month um, information and um, a, what we call play kit comes in the mail and products. And then really kind of like, what do you need to know about your baby right at this moment in, develop, in their development and what are they hungry to learn? And then how can you use these play things that we include or these toys um, with different activities to make that, that learning meaningful and kind of cover all the bases of their um, of their development. I think, you know, because I think we spend so much time thinking about feeding, we spend so much time thinking about their sleep, but really there's there's so much that actually needs to happen in learning that um, there's such an opportunity to to create like kind of meaningful moments. And I think for me, you know, the bells and whistles toys. So I, I remember um, with my first watching him pull up to one of those, those plastic like tabletop, you probably have had one or you know, where you push one button, all of a sudden 15 things happen and bells are going off and a purple cow is popping out of somewhere and <laughs> music is playing. And it almost seems like it was like my baby was just so absorbed in this toy. But I also found myself wondering, like, what is actually, what is this actually doing for him from a cognitive perspective? And also, what is it doing for us from a kind of moment of connection? Like, I felt really disconnected from my little guy in that moment. You know, I felt like it was like this toy was the thing and that was almost between us if you wanted to have a moment of connection and you know there's plenty of time for distraction toys but you know sometimes you really want to connect right sometimes it feels like with Eliza with those types of toys that she it's almost like she's like in her own little rave which yeah it feels very disconnected because yeah. <laughs> you're like she's on her own planet yeah. with this like very stimulating totally. weird thing <laughs> And I'm not a part of this. <laughs> I love the rave context. I love that. I can totally see her at her own little rave. Um, 
but I, you know, and I think if you look at it from a child development perspective, so what they are, what they are actually like, what the, the toy is, the, where the toy is meeting the child is in the, their desire. They're so hungry to learn about their real world and they can't, they really want to learn about cause and effect. But what happens is it's almost like empty calories in food, right? You like sugar and it's a calorie and it's energy, but it's not really nutritious food. It's the same thing with, with some of these toys. If they are doing all the work for the child and they're pushing one button, they're actually memorizing the sequence of events. So they're like, okay, if I push that, that like note on the piano, that red note on the piano and that purple cow pops out and this song plays, I mean, they're, they go super deep and building this whole neural network of associations around you know, if I do this, then these things happen. And, and what happens is, is in our, in our brain structure, what we want to give babies is actually the, the most we can is just really meaningful, real world connect brain connections. And we want to build that network of associations around things that they are going to be useful later in life. So useful as a three-year-old, as a five-year-old, as, a, as an adult. So turning, so, you know, Eliza's obsession with um, you turning on and off all the lights, like that's actually really useful because she's going to turn on and off lights all of her life. And she's starting to understand, um, you know, the, the real kind of life cause and effect. And they, there's so much that their little brains need to build over time that, um, that what, what my hope was is, is that I could give my children and I, what we really want to do at Love Every is give these children like meaningful experiences that aren't kind of this like rave, like um, addictive, weird, you know, sort of <laughs> not, not related to real life, you know, kind of experience um, with, with some of the, some of the stuff. And there's always a time for distraction toys, right? I yes. mean, I had quote unquote, the office. And it's that thing, that circle thing that you like put the baby in and they go nuts with all the stuff. But Sabrina had but that. It's, she it's loved it. Kind of, <laughs> Yeah, and it's kind of nice. Like I'd be at my office, my baby'd be at their office, but it's <laughs> but it's a little bit. Um, there's there's just a time and a place, and so I think that it's it's also just there's a time for for healthy food. There's a time for you know treats. There's a time for you know kind of like healthy learning opportunities and and really being purposeful about it. And that's what we want to we want to be in that space for a parent and, and give them the peace of mind that they're getting. Um, what they need for, from a development perspective. So. You know, speaking of the baby in her office and you in your office, or at the, um, <laughs> do you have any tips from business school that would apply to, you know, running your household of three children while doing these startups? Like, what, was there anything from business school that you, you've applied to home life? Oh goodness. I've actually never thought of it like that, but now that you brought it up, I think, um, I mean, one of the things in business is to really kind of win and focus and know what you're going after and not try and be everything and do everything all at once. And I think one of the hardest parts as parents is that we're, there's so many expectations and there's also so much stuff we put on ourselves. And so much of parenting is the opposite of business. It's being, it's like being with the child. Like you're not doing, you're not achieving, but you're, you're being present. You're, you're being there with them. And this is, this is one of the hardest things that I have absolutely not mastered. But what I'm, what I try and do is um, if you walked into my house right now, you would see um, it is not, not a, not a very organized place. I wish it was more. I wish that we could have, um, I wish it was cleaner. I wish there wasn't as much clutter as we have. But I think that if I can try and let go of the things where I'm not going to win, I'm not going to have a beautiful home right now. It's just not what, what I can't. I can't do scale a business and be a present mom and 
um, do anything else in life and, you know, any kind of self-care or anything else and also have this like, you know, beautiful, clean, everything in its place house. Um, so I just have kind of let go of some things, you know, and I, and it's, it, um, I think it's so hard. It, it's like everybody says that, but the practice of it is so hard to just kind of say, okay, where, what am I actually letting go of or where can I get help? Um, cause I think if we're working, you know, the hope is, is that there's some, you know, there can be, um, some extra funds to try and support, you know, like getting help in certain areas, um, might be getting, you know, healthy takeout or figuring out other ways to deal with, um, the responsibilities at home. So, uh, it's not very, it's not, it's not a great picture in my house, but it's a really meaningful picture. And there's a lot of this, like, you know, when I'm not working, I'm trying to spend special time. And my husband and I, you know, kind of both have that, um, principle where we let a lot go. How do you and your husband get time to be together? Because I'm assuming um, you work after the kids go to bed again. This is something I'm trying to pack for that? myself. How did you know this? How did you know this? I know this everything, exactly Jessica. This is what I do. I, I'm <laughs> the Atomic Moms podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly. Um, you know, we we don't get enough time. Mm. Um, I wish we had more. I... Uh, it's really hard because when I want to, you know, it's oftentimes like this weekend, um, I'm really excited. We just have like all of Saturday with no plans with any friends. There's just like kid time and husband time. But, you know, I love being with the kids all day. I will deal with their chaos. I will deal with them all, you know, hanging over me or vying for attention. But it's kind of, it's kind of exhausting for my husband sometimes. And I think he wishes that he could have more um, us time and so we're working on it. I think it's also just recognizing that this is a stage. And uh, I think we're climbing out of it in our relationship. I think that, you know, it's, that's, it's hard to be in the early, with three kids and young kids, I think we're starting to kind of see the light of, okay, they're a little bit, they're becoming a little bit more independent and we have a little bit more space. But what do you do? Give me your tips. I don't have any tips for this because... Well, okay, so I had a girlfriend on the podcast recently, Carissa, and I mentioned to her that my husband's been getting really annoyed at night. Even if I'm just trying to respond to my mom friend, like, text chain, like, because he'll feel left out. And she was like, oh, yeah, well, that's your honey time. And I'm like, but then when do I do the work? Like, when do I catch up on all everything? Like, when do I catch up on the emails? And so she was like— She's done a lot of couples therapy, and she was like, that's important time. And I was like, okay. So I still don't know. I think I just go to the bathroom extra long and, like, just respond to emails <laughs> then. Like, my daughter thinks that I have, like, serious IBS, but really I'm just hiding in the bathroom and trying to get work done. <laughs> um, but too much information. Uh, let's get back to you, Jessica. So <laughs> speaking of husbands, um, you co-founded this one with your best friend's husband. So what's that like? Talk to us about boundaries. Oh, wow. That is, um, that's a good question. I think, um, you know, Rod and I have known each other for over 20 years. He's an incredibly accomplished uh, person who's really creative and also like really, really smart. And um we were so excited to, you know, to kind of figure out a way for our families to be together. So the whole conversation started, I, I set up, I was assigned to find a way to have um, our family and my best friend's family um, live in the same place. So my husband and my best friend were like, okay, we're, 
we're, we're going to leave it up to you and Rod to talk about kind of what our process is for finding the best place to live. And because I grew up with, with Andrea and, um, and then, you know, then it just kind of evolved to, I was telling him about this idea and he was saying, wow, that sounds, you know, that sounds really interesting. I'd love to be involved. And it all sort of became real with Love Every at that point. And he's the most phenomenal partner. Um, you know, she and I have a really special relationship and, you know, I've worked, I've been pretty, I've been really intentional. Rod has been really intentional. We've talked about it a lot, you know, and she just moved here to Boise. And so it's, you know, sort of, she's having like an, an building out her new life, but it's, um, it hasn't always been easy, but I think it's also giving us the chance to be in the same place and giving us the chance to like, I, I get to now have my friend and, and we're, um, you know, in town where we've been long distance for so long. So it's in that sense, it's super special. And I think she's been really generous and really patient with, you know, the process of getting this business off the ground. And we're all going to Yellowstone together and next week and kind of a ecosystem that we're putting together. Where was Andrea living? Because I know a lot of listeners just backtracked like I did for a moment when you were like, find a place to live. Like, you know, one might assume you meant like the what neighborhood, not what town or state to live in where was Andrea where did Andrea move from <laughs> to be with you guys yeah Andrea and Rod Andrea and Rod moved from DC so Amazing. I grew up in Minnesota yeah Andrea and I were best friends from from growing up in Minnesota we were on the basketball team together and um and then we kind of were in different different places um you know after after college and then we, um, Andrea and Rob were in DC and then they moved to Idaho, which has been so, so fun to have them here. And why did you move to Idaho? I moved to Idaho because my husband Decker got a job here working for a small venture capital fund. So he had kind of found his dream job, but really we were living in Manhattan, um, right before this. And it was a huge change. And I think he's always loved the outdoors. And so, uh, so that's why we ended up in Boise over a decade ago. And then we were wondering if we should leave and we should all, you know, if Andrea and Rod and Decker and I should live in in Colorado or California or Minnesota or Texas, you know, we're looking at all these different places. And then we all kind of decided that, that Idaho would be a great, a great place for the next chapter. That you just, my husband can't listen to this now. He's always, you know, (laughs) every night when he's mad at me about not, I guess, I don't know, I don't know, watching a a show together, I guess, parallel play. (laughs) It's it's so funny. It's like when you're adults watching HBO, it's kind of our parallel play. Um, But so when we're not doing our parallel play, (laughs) um, he is usually on MLS looking up other towns where we could potentially move. Come to Idaho. Come to Boise. It's it's actually really, it's so great. The, the quality of life here is so good. It's so good. And um, it's so easy. You know, there's just like all the stuff that bigger cities are dealing with around traffic. And like, there's just, you know, have a seven minute commute and it's just a very sweet place to raise kids. It's, uh, it's Boise is a really special, special city and it's getting a lot more attention recently. It's been getting a lot more attention recently, but we were really excited to be part of the, you know, the growth in Boise and um, now happy family has has a big office here, my first company, and then now Love Every. So it's it's very fun. It's a it's a really good town to live in. Cool. So come check it out. Okay, we, we will. We'll do an Atomic Moms tour, a national tour, everybody, and I'll sleep on your couch. So <laughs> with your second startup, can you tell me a little bit about 
any fears that you might have had. I would imagine that there's like a one hit wonder, like kind of paranoia or fear. Like, you know, you you get you hit the lottery, basically, you know, with a ton of hard work, obviously, but you hit the lottery with your first company and then to decide like, okay, what's my next step or what's my next thing? Can you tell us like, what is that? What are the growing pains like, you know, heading into that second chapter? It is so, uh, you are so insightful. We're we're basically having a therapy session now. (laughs) This is, you're hitting on all of the, all the good ones. Um, we, as far as, um, you know, there, there's something really vulnerable about it. I was worried that I was going to be this. It's almost like you have something to lose now when you've been successful. It was a miracle that we were successful with Happy Baby. We saw every problem imaginable. And I'm so grateful to my um, my partner in Happy Family. And we really, really went through it all together. And and we kind of accomplished the impossible. And then to to come back and think you, you can almost see the doubt when you say, okay, and I have this other, I have another business idea. And this time it's, it's around early learning and you start to share, but you see before a company becomes, before you launch your product, before you are out in the world and real and have something to show for yourself, there's this very vulnerable time. And I, um, I think ultimately what helped me push through that is, it's just the, I just, it's almost like there's just no other choice. Like I just, this, this company is love every is just such a deep part of me. I've been thinking about it for literally now eight years since my first was born, like coming up with all of these different ideas and so excited about the mission that we have around um, helping parents connect with more, you know, meaningful development experiences for their children and feel more confident and empowered. And so it just, it almost kind of overwhelms and you just end up taking the leap those, that first round of financing to, that we went after for Love Every was was just hard. It was it was really vulnerable, and you have to kind of get your get your um, get your gumption up again and and really get confident again. And I think um, we we wanted to have external investors. You know, there's the question of we wouldn't just self fund it, but I think it's so important to have a community of people that are behind you, and that you're also getting you're not just self referencing. You know, you're not just saying, okay, I have this great idea and I'm just going to give myself a bunch of money to launch my my great idea. You know, you really need to be a part of um, a give and take with with a community of investors. And that is something really powerful in that. And then, of course, like as the company grows, we're going to need more and more capital. So, so it was just, it, it was hard. It was really hard, but it was also just now that I'm kind of, we're, we're post, we, we've got a business, we've got a company, we have, you know, products that people are loving. It's just so deeply rewarding, but I will not do another one. This is it. (laughs) This is it. There's no more. (laughs) Um, Well, Jessica, do you have uh, what we call a a mom bomb or basically an inspiring quote that can get us through the rest of the week? Do you have one that you ever refer to that you could share with us? Yeah. One of my favorites is that the days are so long, but the years are short. So it just really kind of helps connect us all to that that present moment and really take the bigger picture. It's like when the kids go to bed and I'm not working, you know, my husband and I will sometimes like look at pictures of our kids and they're all, you know, just sleeping in bed and all oh, like look at videos. It's almost like you kind of have that that outer perspective of what's happening now, but it's so hard um, in the moment to to remember that. So I try and live by live by that live by that one. Um, what's the show 
oh, this is my mom brain. I think I, need, I really, my friends are so sick of me saying this. But I'm like, I think I need to get some like neurological testing done because I'm really lost my mind. Probably just, you probably just need a few more hours of sleep a night. <laughs> yeah. And I probably need to eat better. Um, so wait, what, okay. So wait, what's the show where the guy, it's like the family and it was like done in the eighties and it was really cute. And then there was the, um, the wonder years. Okay. This reminds me of the wonder years a little bit. Like sometimes if, when I'm trying to get to like, like the, the, the detached place where I can see this as beautiful, even though I'm like really in the thick of it, I kind of think of the, the beginning sequence of the wonder years and how it's like it, the way the way that it's shot, it looks almost like a projector screen. So I can kind of put that yes. filter through my current experience. This sounds so insane, but one listener will try this and it'll blow their mind. <laughs> if you can almost put that filter in your mind while you're watching it, it gives you that sort of nostalgia and this realization that yes, like we're already 50 years down the line looking back at this and like, it is beautiful. This simple moment is really beautiful. Um, I love that. I love that. <laughs> I love that you just went with me there. I, I probably made no sense. Okay. So Jessica, you're so generous in doing this giveaway with us. Um, we are going to do the giveaway on Instagram. So definitely follow both of our Instagram feeds, all the links in the show notes, uh, but we're going to be doing the giveaway on October 26th. So keep an eye out for that. And Jessica, what will one lucky listener be receiving? <laughs> uh, yes, they will be receiving um, a free play kit. So um, the first play kit for based on their baby's age and stage, they'll be getting information and products that are tailored to their child's development. And then we also have a coupon code if anybody, um, for, for any of the listeners, and it's Atomic Moms 10 for uh, 10% off of the play kits or $10 off of our play gym. Thank you thank for that. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was such a special conversation. Thank you for going with me through the wonder years and my rave analogy. <laughs> it was really awesome to talk to you. And I definitely won't let Adam listen because uh, then we will we'll have to move. And we just moved to our home last year. So a few more years and then we might be joining you in Idaho. You, you really should work at it. Come okay. visit us. Well, I'll let you get back to your family and to your work. And thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Great. Thank you. All right, everybody. Until next week, trust in your goodness. Live out your greatness. Rock on, Atomic Moms.